Hallelujah. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, I was looking that up for the Wednesday service this past week and you know, he said, you are Peter and upon this rock will I build my church and the word uh, Peter is Latin for rock. So in the original Greek it actually is, uh, you know, it denotes a stone. You're a stone or a boulder. And when he said, upon this rock I'll build my church, he's actually talking about upon this outcropping of rocks that can't be mined or can't be dug up, I'll build my church. He's like, Peter, you're a rock. I don't know if you were there Wednesday. I mean, the first thing he did when he met Peter is, you know, he said, uh, uh, you're Peter, son of Jonah. You're going to be called Cephas, or that is to say rock or Peter. The first thing he said to this man that is like flipping and flopping and up and down and all over the place is, you are a rock. It was the interest, most interesting thing in the world to try and read commentaries about what people thought Jesus was trying to say or do. He was just speaking real positive, you know. No, he wasn't. He was acting in faith. He was declaring like God did to Abraham, the father of many nations, you are. So he's saying to Peter, you are a solid rock to the man who was anything but a solid rock. I will never deny you. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. All right, that was Wednesday. So, upon this rock, I'll build my church. What's, the, what's that rock? Well, he said, uh, who do people say I am? Who do men say I am? And he said to his, to his disciples, well, who do you say I am? And of course, Peter spoke right up and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you are so blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Because flesh and blood have not revealed this. You didn't figure this out. No one told you this. My Father in heaven revealed it. This is the rock upon the which the church of Jesus Christ is built. That Jesus is Lord revealed by the Spirit of God. No man can confess Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you do it. Jesus is Lord. All right, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 11. And uh, we're going to continue our our message from last week, or along the same lines at least, the same subject. And that is, casting your cares upon the Lord, living worry-free. Remember we uh, we start last week with Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice always. Again I say, rejoice. So how often should you rejoice? Always. Let me tell you again. Rejoice always. Right? So... You should always be rejoicing. Uh, Some translations, you look that up, and it actually means to jump up, spin around, right, with exuberant joy, huh? Yeah, it it, it literally means that. But, you know, you could look at people and you could decide, are they rejoicing? You could look at people and you could say, oh, no, they are rejoicing. What's that... uh, What's that uh, Minnie Cooper movie from years ago? Italian, you're not, probably not supposed to tell you the title, but it's called The Italian Job. And uh, it probably has some words in there that are not good. I haven't watched it for many, many years. But uh, in that movie, they steal a bunch of money, you know. I can't remember where it was all, in Venice maybe or something like that. And they got these little Minnie Coopers, and they steal all this money. So they're trying to distribute the money that they stole and going into people's bank accounts. And then this guy is like, he flew into some airport and he's got his phone and they're texting him while he's getting, going to get his luggage at the, at the baggage area. And they text him like the money has been transferred into your account. And he just went, whoa! And all these people look at him and he said, I just got the Holy Spirit. Oh, <laughs> uh, the point is, you could tell he was rejoicing, and he felt like he needed to make an excuse for his rejoicing. I think that's a pretty good excuse, you know. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of joy, right? Right, Jessica? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and so, over here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 6, 
who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Remember that. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministration of death, in other words, the ministry uh, that brings death, written and engraven in stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel couldn't steadfastly behold the faith of, face of Moses the glory, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? You know, like Moses' face physically shone with the glory of God so much that he had to put a veil over it. One of the reasons he put a veil over it was because now he didn't want them necessarily to see the glory. He didn't want them to see the glory fading away. Well, we're not going to listen to you as much anymore because you got like half shine, quarter shine. <laughs> He went up and he got the law. Even when the law came, the glory of God so affected mankind and the man who received the law and delivered it to the people of God that his face shone. Well, he says, if there was glory in that and that law was really ministering death, well, why is that? Well, because before... Thank God for the law. You know, you don't say, I don't really confess that all the time. <laughs> Every day I'm not getting up saying, thank you, Lord, for the law. But thank God for the law. Why? Well, because if the law wasn't given, man wouldn't have known that he needed a Savior, that he couldn't do it. The whole reason for the law is to reveal our need of God. And once you see you have a need, you reach out in your heart for help. Right? I mean, the Holy Spirit, one of his main jobs is to convict the world of sin because they believe not on Jesus Christ. Like that you have a need. As soon as you know you have that need, well, you can reach out from your inner man, you can reach out to God, and you can actually receive Jesus Christ as Lord. When you receive Jesus as Lord, everything changes. Hallelujah. You are made, 2 Corinthians 5, just two chapters over, verse 17, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you can, you have a license, and you should, when someone says, well, yeah, but you did this, you did that, you say, uh-uh. The man, the woman, the child, the senior adult who said that, who did that, they're dead. I've never told a lie in my life. Why? I'm a new creature. You need to think that way. You need to talk that way. You need to realize that. Behold. It says behold. Like take it in. Take it in. Behold, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old things have passed away, right? All right. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, again, picking it up uh, at verse 7. But if, uh, no, verse uh, 8. How shall the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Well, you notice that? The law condemned you. You notice the law brought condemnation. Through the knowledge of the law, we were condemned. You're like, wait a second. So I got all this. You know you can receive uh, the scriptures sometimes as like the law? And it leads to death. I mean, what it's supposed to do is lead you to turn to Christ. Remember what, uh, that, that phrase the Lord gave me back in April, March, April? It said, uh, don't receive the word of God as a law 
you receive it as it really is, as life. So when I, when I open the word of God, I'm receiving it as this is, this is like food for my spirit. This is going to invigorate me. Uh, this is strengthening me. This is helping me. So I'm not receiving it as, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Oh, I did that wrong. I did that wrong. I did this right. I did that wrong. I did this right. I did that wrong. He's kind of opposing the ministry of condemnation with the ministry of the favor and rightness of God that you've been brought You've been brought into the righteousness of God, which we'll, we'll see here if we have time in verse 21 of chapter 5. So he's saying, if there was glory on these words that brought condemnation, how much more glory is there on this ministry that we have been entrusted with, which is to say, you're not a mess up. You're not a failure. God looked down from heaven and saw you and said, I love that girl, I love that boy, I love that man, I love that woman, and they are not on my bad side, they're on my good side, I'm bringing them right into my presence, I want them with me and I want to be with them. My place with God is not only secure, but it is a favored place. It is a holy place and a righteous place. Well, if you only look at yourself according to the flesh, you'll say, I do not belong in the presence of the Lord because I am unholy. Well, you might do some unholy things, the actions of your flesh, but that doesn't mean that you are unholy. Holy really just means you're, you've been set apart specially for the Lord. Well, you have been set apart, especially for the Lord. You've been set apart, especially for the Lord. And the devil cannot change that. He will lie to you. He will put up smoke screens. I worked at that church in Michigan, like 7,000 people a week, so they had a, a little bit bigger budget than what we have. And so... Uh, Jeremy, you know, he worked there too, and so he's always trying to come up with, like, we need to get this fog screen, you know. See, like, they put fog up, and then they project on the fog. So there's, like, nothing. You can walk through it, you know. I'm like, a fog screen? But it looks like it's there, but it's not really there, you know. It's just reflecting. And um, the devil, not, not, I'm not equating Jeremy with the devil. <laughs> well, the devil wants to put up this you know, like Hollywood. Hollywood can make you think that they are somewhere that they're really not. <laughs> you can take that any way you intend. <laughs> but anyhow, you, you know, you, you put a backdrop and you put some things that are real and some things that are fake behind and you can make it look like you're actually in this place that you're not. Well, the devil is a master of that. And so, so he's going to put up like smoke screens and, and make sets and, you know, uh, make things appear in a way that they really aren't. Well, one reason so he can take advantage of you, but I think one of the main reasons he does that is that's what's in him. Falseness, untruth, darkness. And so you can only give what you got. So I'm not saying have mercy on the devil. I'm just saying, you know, like, don't expect him to change. And so the word of God and the things of God, when received in your spirit, will bring you life. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Okay, so with that foundation laid, let's go... Uh, back to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to read just a, a couple verses there real quickly here. I'm going to read the New Living, verse 4 through 6. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Again, I say it, rejoice. 
Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. <laughs> this is the part I want to focus on. Verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. I was a little worried Jody was sleeping, but I decided not to be worried because I'm reading that. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I mean, that is such a good translation of that verse. I think it makes it pretty plain. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know, you can get revelation just by reading a verse in reverse. Pray about everything, don't worry about anything. Well, what does that kind of mean? Well, if you are worrying about something, you obviously have not prayed about it. Now, you may say to yourself, self, I did pray about it. Why am I worried? Because you didn't pray about it. Now, 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 you may have said words, and you could have said the exact same words that you said the last time that worry came on you, and you actually gave it to the Lord, but you're just mouthing words. Listen, I can make, well, I don't know if I can. I can attempt to make Siri or the Apple computer thing or whatever talk and say whatever I type and write. There ain't no spirit in that. That's just, that's just a computer obeying commands. And so we are not humans just obeying and mouthing commands and saying what the Lord said. We have a relationship with a living being, and his name is Jesus Christ. And because of that relationship, we have a relationship with his Father, the, the God of gods, the Almighty God, the El Shaddai, the All-Sufficient One, the God who is more than enough. When we come to Jesus, that's the only way to come to the Father. And in him, in Christ, we're a child of God the Most High God. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Let's look at Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. If you've been in church for a while, it's maybe a familiar passage. If, if you haven't been, it, it, it may not be. But then again, when I read it, you may recognize it. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Well, what's he talking about? Well, do you remember he's talking about like, why are you worried let me turn over there in my paper Bible. Let's make Addis happy. Okay. Where's Addis? He's here somewhere. There he is. Something, there is something sometimes about looking at the paper Bible. Right, Addis? <laughs> well, Matthew chapter 6, you know is uh, the second half especially, uh, but really the first half is connected, but I don't have time to go there. Um, let's start with verse 9. Lay, lay, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust destroy and corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust corrupt, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I'm going to take a short stop right there. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. He's saying, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Does, it, does he mean don't save, don't have a nice house, nice car? No, that's not what he means. But what are you treasuring in your heart? And so, Verse 21, where your treasure is, your heart's going to be in the same place. Don't ever let yourself treasure the things of the earth. You're thankful. 
your grateful, but your treasure is in heavenly things. And then if, as we read down, we get to verse 33, you'll find when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, everything else falls into its right and proper place. But when, when you get full of, well, not even full, when you begin to worry, and you don't like nip that in the bud right away, but, well, that thing will start to grow and start to produce. How do you nip it in the bud? Well, you pray about everything, don't worry about anything. Or don't worry about anything, pray about everything. The only way I know not to worry is you pray about it. Now, sometimes the way we endeavor to not worry is through research. <laughs> if I could just know enough about it. Well, you might actually find out so much about it that you worry more. Or you might find enough that you don't, that, you know, you're like, okay, shh, I'm not worried about that. But wh what are you treasuring? The words of a limited human being and the words of your limited research ability to find this are Google's algorithms, which we find out sometimes they're not always honest. In other words, if I pay Google more money, I will come up more in their searches. Once again, it is about the money. <laughs> and so where your treasure is, your heart's going to be also. So if you suffer the loss of natural things and you become devastated and backslide, apparently your heart was in the wrong place. Your treasure was in the wrong place. In other words, if you treasure these things, you've given your heart to them. It doesn't say if you want to be provided for. It doesn't say if you need to be provided for. It says if you treasure these things. I mean, the good thing about the Word of God and God himself is he did not set it up the way some people think he set it up. You know, in order to not treasure these things, you're going to have to be poor. Actually, that'll make you treasure more, to be honest with you. Lack does not, lack does not produce satisfaction. So we, we, we treasure the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God is the family of God, the authority of God, and Christ in you. And his righteousness is, is just that. It is not your righteousness. It is his righteousness or his way of making mankind right with himself. In other words, think about that in the context Jesus is talking about. You know, what am I going to, I haven't got to there yet, but you know it probably. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? What am I going to put on? You know, the Heavenly Father knows you need all these things. Look at the lilies of the field. Even Solomon, the wealthiest man that ever lived, didn't have the kind of, uh, uh, wasn't dressed up the way that God dressed the lilies of the field, which are here today, gone tomorrow. How much more will he take care of you, O oh, you of little faith? How much more will he take care of you? So, and why do you think, why do you think by worrying you can add anything to your life. Because there's an advantage in worrying. It's something you can do. It's a bad advantage, but it's an advantage. You can worry. In fact, you could probably think of something, don't do it, but you could think of something within the next 120 seconds that you could start to get really worried about pretty easily. I don't know, something about the flesh is like, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. Eddie, now you, you just started a new job or something? So, do you work for a moving company or something? Okay, so this is a good example. 
if you want to go help anybody move and there is a male involved, well, first of all, if it's a guy that's moving, if it's a guy that's moving, they may never even ask anybody to come help because they're a guy, so they're like, I can do it. The only time they ask is they have to ask. And I've helped some people multiple times. <laughs> Jeremy. <clears throat> and Jeremy, I said. I'm picking on him because he's not here. He's watching online, I think. Anyhow, he's like this big old heavy thing. Like, I'm like, you want some help with that? No, I got it. I can do it. This is really heavy, by the way. This is made out of steel. I asked the guys when we first started the church. I said, can you make it out of aluminum? Because we won't be able to move it. And they said, we knew you'd want something really strong, so we made it out of steel. I said, thank you so much. <laughs> but uh, they blessed the church with it. We didn't pay for that. They just made that. Custom made. But it's very heavy. So I wasn't really trying to fake that it was heavy. It's actually heavy. <laughs> but that's like flesh, you know, like I will do it myself. You know, and I find myself sometimes saying that to my wife if she's like, uh, Tim, would you like some help? Mom? I got it. I got it. <laughs> you know, and then you, when you think you got it and then all of a sudden it becomes way, way too heavy. I just did that this last week. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I was something really heavy. And I was like, you need help? No, I got it. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I need help now. Like right now. So I, I thought, see, I thought, I can handle this. And so we think, well, I can handle this. I don't need to bother the Lord with this. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. So um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Uh, let me read you something real quick that I kind of started as a prayer and um, maybe went into like a little bit of preaching here. And so I was, I kind of wrote down my heart for you in this message when I was preparing this message. So I put that you would always love the words of God that are written for you. That you would embody rejoicing always Praying about everything, never worrying about anything. That this is not a rule or a law, that this is the way to life. Jesus said, remember Jesus said, John 10.10, 10, the thief has come but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, your confession should be, I, I have the abundant life, but I want to ask you a question. Forget about your confession for a second. Are you living the abundant life? Are, are you just like, this is too much. This is more than enough. Like, I, I, I can barely handle the goodness of God. I can't believe he's being so good to me every moment all the time. It's like, you know, Man tries to, uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Man tries to uh, take all spiritual things and, and make them natural. But then he takes, not all, some, but then he takes other things that are to affect the natural part of the being of man and makes them spiritual. Well, that doesn't mean like healing of the body. There's no way God would do that because I know what I've experienced, so it can't be true because my truth is truth. So man tries to take the things that are spiritual and just make them natural. So like you got the fountain of youth. We have the fountain of youth. My spirit is renewed every single day. 
Every single day, my spirit is renewed. Day by day by day by day, and it'll never cease. I'm always refreshed and renewed in my spirit. My body is aging, and it's getting older, but it's going to do it in a healthy way. Amen? I can see. In the name of Jesus. This is the real life. This is living life to the fullest. Jesus came to bring this kind of life. Say this after me. Say, I don't worry anymore. I used to, but now I see the truth. And I refuse to worry. I'm going to rejoice. I said it. I'll say it again. I'm going to rejoice. Worry does not help your situation. It makes it worse. Worry does not help me. It makes me worse. Worry does not make me God conscious. Worry makes me self-conscious, worst case scenario conscious, devil conscious, evil conscious. Worry creates a harmful attitude and releases harmful chemicals into my body. Worry is the root cause of so many illness and disease. You have no business ever worrying another day or another moment in your life. It will steal life from you. It will steal time from you. It'll steal your relationship with your children. It'll steal your relationship with your parents. It'll steal your relationship with your husband, your wife, your loved ones. It'll steal productivity at work. Do not worry. It'll open your body to sickness and disease of every kind. Worry is an enemy. Worry is missing the mark. Refuse to worry. Now, you know, we decided last week, but we're reiterating it. So let's just make it the month of, uh, what is this, 2022? August of 2022? So in other words, I'm trying to include the people that weren't here last week. So I refuse to worry another day in my life. I, I, will, I will never worry. I'm going to rejoice. What do I do? If I can't worry, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. You, you might find that to be true. Well, it, as, this is a principle. It's in the Word of God. It's the seed principle. As soon as the seed of the Word of God is sown into your heart, the devil's going to come and try to do everything he can to get you to be a liar and get God to be a liar. The second you decide I'm not going to worry ever again, you're going to have some wonderful opportunities to worry. You'd be like, oh, I'm worried. Oh, no, I'm not going to worry. I, what am I supposed to do? Or rejoice. Oh, pray, how can I rejoice when I'm facing this? Well, you cannot rejoice when you're facing a difficult situation or circumstance if you're doing it from your own strength and your own power. But if you say, I'm not going to uh, worry about anything, I'm going to pray about everything, when you pray about it, that doesn't mean that the situation disappears. It means you're no longer carrying the situation. God is carrying it, and God is with you. So yes, people may see the same thing. They may hear similar things, but you are different because you're not carrying it. God is carrying it. God has the weight. God has the, 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 the fears that come along with that. He's not afraid, but those fears are given over to him. So do not worry. Refuse to worry. Well, worry shows up in many forms. And worry left unattended will produce fear. Fear left un unattended will produce torment. Torment, I think of as kind of like torture. You're like, one of the things that my wife has threatened me about is if I ever did tickle torture to her. I think she might have said, I will kill you. But she's like, at least she said, I will hurt you, and you would deserve it. <laughs> well, I tell her, I'm very ticklish, okay? 
And I tell her, so she's like, even if you tickle her, she's like, the kid's always like, let's tickle mom. Let's hold mom down and tickle. She's like, I will hurt you. She is so sweet, but it comes to tickling, no. And I said to her, I said, how do you know that when you tickle me, it doesn't feel exactly like it feels to you. I'm just more gracious and I laugh. You know, she's like, because it hurts. And I'm like, it does not hurt. That's called tickling. Anyhow, we have not come into agreement with that one yet. <laughs> Where did I leave off here? It creates harmful attitude, releases harmful chemicals into your body, opens you up to sickness and disease. It steals strength and life and hope and vitality. It steals time from your family, your friends. It opens the door to depression. Look at what the devil's done over the last two or three years here, around the, not here, around the world, in the world system. Come with a message of fear about COVID. So what? So what if COVID kills 50% of the people? Like it's not, it doesn't do that, but let's just pretend there was a new one that came up and it killed half the people. How much is it going to help you to worry about it? Just forget about divine healing for a second. Well, you could figure out, take precautions, but do you, do you need to worry? Does worry actually help you? No, worry actually opens the door. Job said, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. Worry is evil. I'm not saying you're evil if you worry. I'm saying worry is evil. Worry opens the door to the work of the enemy in your life. Worry is a thief. It will steal from you. You do not benefit from worry. It's, it, it's a lust of the flesh to worry. It satisfies and gratifies a, a craving and a hunger of the flesh to worry. Do not worry. Rejoice. Pray about everything. I say, you know, that, that should just become a confession that's as natural as breathing to you that, oh, I don't worry about anything. I just pray about it. Oh, I'm not going to worry. What happens? Are you tempted to worry? All of a sudden you start to feel worry or fear start to grip you? You ought to just let that slide from your spirit out of your lips. <laughs> We're all, most of us, a lot of people, filled with the Holy Ghost, yield our tongue to the Lord, speak in other tongues. How about yielding your tongue to the Holy Spirit to speak the Word of God under the anointing of God that I refuse to worry, I'm praying about it, and the Lord's taking care of it. I'm not going to worry. I don't worry. Life is too short to worry. Jesus said, who can add one minute? One, who can get taller through worrying? That's a short people verse. In other words, you're not adding anything to you by worrying. <laughs> All right. Worry opens the door to the enemy. And fear. Oh, I got this trip planned. What if I get sick? Oh, what if I get an accident? Oh, what if I get COVID? Oh, what if I make a mistake? I, I better not apply for that job. I better not take that. What, what if I can't do it? What, what if I mess up? What, what if, you know, um, that's worry. It gives way to fear. Oh, is one that hit, hit, hits home like. What if I let my kids or my daughter start driving? Whoa. She might get an accident or this might happen. You know. Listen, I have not been in an accident since 1997 and I got in one on our vacation. Just a little fender bender, not a big deal. My fault. Boy, that will humble you, let me tell you. <laughs> so, in other words, if I, you know, accidents might happen, plead the blood of Jesus, Abby. She's going to get her permit, she says, September 30th, the first day she can get it, and she wants to start driving. 
Fear of evil overtaking you. Fear of not being protected. Oh, we don't have time for this, do we? You know, sometimes worry and fear run in families. Sometimes worry and fear grip you because of uh, past experiences. You know, if you ever had experience as a child where you were totally not in control, maybe you were abused, different, different situations can happen to different people. You, you know, if, if you let that thing, that could actually change your nature, corrupt your, your uh, personality. The Lord didn't design any corrupted personalities, but the devil tries to corrupt. Sometimes worry and fear, you know, we, we can joke and be real, like, funny about it or whatever. Well, sometimes you have almost a nature of worry and fear because of any number of reasons. Well, Jesus Christ is the answer to every single type of worry, every single type of fear. And sometimes you may have to, if it's a lifestyle, a pattern, well, you got to decide, number one, Refuse to worry. But if you got this thing that like comes over you almost like a presence, you, you got to ask the Lord, like, have I not dealt with some other stuff like people did to me or things that happened? Like you don't try to go find stuff. Well, there must be something that happened to me. I don't believe that that's scriptural. In other words, some people say, you need to go back and forgive your parents for stuff they did to you when you were in the womb. Because they said, I can't believe I'm pregnant. So you have a soul hurt and stuff like that. Well, my goodness. You need to forgive people. You know if you haven't forgiven someone. Let me tell you how you know. If you say their name and you're like, ooh, tight stomach or something happens. Or like you think, I'm not walking in bitterness or unforgiveness. Well, you say somebody's name and you get, ugh, you know. You might have an unforgiveness problem. So... Oh, why? I've watched the devil torment people for entire lifetimes that you have some unconfessed sin that you could never know because you're so much of a sinner. That's not even scriptural. I guess unless you're not born again. <laughs> when you're born again, you're no longer a sinner. You're a saint set apart for the work of God. You may occasionally sin because you're not perfect. You have flesh to deal with, right? And if you don't keep feeding on the word, you're going to actually be sinning more because you, know, you don't have the life that's coming from there and the direction that's coming from there. But you refuse to worry. Refuse to respond out of anxiety. It's, it, it'll steal from you every single time. Jesus said, especially about these things, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on, it doesn't add anything to your life. He, he actually said, the way to get those things is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, you keep the first thing the first thing. That you seek God first. Let me put it real plain. Read your Bible first, pray first, every day. Well, pray at the, at the most, uh, what do you call it? I like to give the, you know, the Bible talks about tithing, the first fruits. First fruits are supposed to be like the best of the crop, you know? Well, I, I like to tithe, so to speak, in my time with the Lord. So for me, that's the first part of the day. In airplane mode. But for my wife, that's the last part of the day. Because the first part of the day, she's like, oh, mm. I was listening to something was playing in our house all night, uh, this sermon series. It's like 35 parts. And I woke up early and it was playing and I was going to get in the shower, but my speaker, I can't hear it from the shower, so I hit pause on that thing so I could pick it up because I really wanted to hear it as soon as I was out of the shower. Well, my wife woke up and she like 
to get the kids awake, she just turned on the thing and put some music station on the thing. Well, I was a little bit not happy about it, but I thought it's okay. We have like, um, what's that called? It's hard to think natural when you're ministering spiritual, but it knows your history or something like that. Uh, they call it something. So anyhow, I go in there, it's not there. And I was like, it's not there. I said, Melody, I purposely paused that so I could listen to it because I didn't want to miss it when I was in the shower. And she's like, uh, I'm sorry, I was like half awake and I was just pushing the button to wake up the kids. And, you know, so what if she's going to feed on the word and pray during that time? You know, it's not going to be as effective as when she's fully engaged. So, you know, that's a really long way to say like, you know, the Lord deals with people different. Just give him the best of your day. And, and you'll find that you grow. Stand with me, if you would. So uh, we're, we're never going to worry another day in our life. This month of August 2022 uh, is when we were reminded or for the first time found out uh, worry is a sin. We're missing the mark. And it's just going to steal from us. So uh, let that that stole from you steal no longer. You just refuse to worry. No matter what comes up, no matter what the situation is, and maybe when you walk out the door and get in your car, you get a text or something like that, because I know you haven't been looking at your phone now. That's not condemnation. I'm trying to make a joke. Um, but you may get a text, you know, that would tempt you to worry. So just remember that. What, what did the pastor say? What did he say again? It's something about not worrying or rejoicing, praying. Yeah, you got it. That's basically it. You know? <laughs> so you give it to the Lord. You turn it over to the Lord. If you do that, you won't worry. If you don't do that, you're still worrying. So if you're still worrying, you didn't do that. Don't just mouth the words, actually do it. You stop for a second. Like I said before, I think I might have mentioned it last week, I pray with a lot of people, and the most common request is, I'm worried about this situation, what do I do? And I said, well, first you have to cast your cares on the Lord. I can't do it for you. You have to do it yourself. And sometimes people are like... I can't do it, I can't do it, no, I can't do it, I can't do it, it's too big, I can't do it, you know, so you just give grace and you help them, oh yes, you can do it, the Lord said you can do it, he doesn't want you to carry this, you want him involved, he wants to be involved, and so I'm saying that to you now, you, you can do it, so I want everybody to close their eyes, bow their heads, and um, you know, if you've got cares, worries, fears that that you're struggling with, that you haven't been able to uh, overcome. You know what? I believe in the power of the Word of God to deliver you from those things. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And I just want all of us to lift up both hands to the Lord. And we're going to commit to the Lord all of our worries, cares, anything that may be there, may have been there. If you've already done it, you just, you just commit again. No, that's right. I, I agree with that. I am not going to be a person dominated by worry. I am going to be dominated by praising and rejoicing the Lord. I'm going to pray about everything. I'm not going to worry about anything. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Jesus Christ, the head of our church. Father, thank you that he has, he has set us free from all the power of the enemy. Father, thank you that you know our, our frame. You know uh, the, the weaknesses of the human flesh and the weaknesses that come against us. And thank you, Father, that in knowing that, that Jesus came and conquered every single one of those and delivered us from every single one of those. Now, Father, we turn our, our, our thoughts and our hearts to the things that would so easily cause us to worry. And Father, I'm just gonna lead us in a declaration and we're all gonna declare in your presence, Father, that we're not gonna worry another day in our life. Say this with me. Say, I take my cares, the things that would bring anxiety and worry and fear. And in the name of Jesus, I turn them over to you, Father God. You work in these situations. I pray for your will in these situations. I'm not going to worry another day in my life. Alert me 
if I start to worry, and I will turn it over to you. I'm going to live my life by the power of your spirit and the power of your word. I'm going to live my life free from worry. I'm going to live my life full of your peace, full of your joy. I receive the strength that comes from living free from worry and full of your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Doesn't it feel good to be free? Whew. Hallelujah. Just stay that way. It's real easy. It's real easy. Now, sometimes uh, when I first started to, to do that, uh, about 30 seconds later, sometimes quicker, boy, that worry come right back. What do you do? Same thing. Say, no, no, I refuse to worry. I'm not taking it. You know, do you know it can start to come back and you can, you can be conscious of that, but you can still, you can then embrace that, wrap your arms around it, or you can say, oh no, I'm not going there. And sometimes, you know, I remember I would do that for like hours sometimes, like two hours trying to keep this thing away from me. Well, I don't know if I didn't fully do it or if it just came, come back or I was in such a habit, but that's fine. You're, you're not failing. You just say, no, I refuse to do it. And if you catch yourself that you were worrying, boy, you get out of that as fast as you recognize it. You say, no, I'm not going to worry because it, it will steal from you. And the devil will use it as a tool to steal from you. All right, real quickly, um, if you're online or in the room and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, well, it's going to be really hard for you not to worry and to cast things on the Lord because you don't even know how to trust him initially. Well, God's given to every uh, person the measure of faith. You can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says if you confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth and believe the same thing that you're confessing in your heart, that you will be saved. God loves you. He wants you free from worry, free from fear, and he wants you a part of his family. Well, when you get in his family and you recognize what he's done for you and who he's made you to be, well, that'll put a smile on your face and a spring in your step. Amen? So if you'd like to receive Jesus, just slip up your hand right now, and uh, I'm going to pray a prayer, and uh, we'll uh, pray together, and the Lord will hear your prayer, and uh, he will come in, and he will recreate you. You'll have a fresh start in life. Maybe you're online, you're going to do that. Uh, we're going to pray together with believers and make the confession of Jesus as Lord. Let's, let's do that. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son, and that he died on the cross to take away my sins and to make me right with you. Thank you for sending him. Jesus, I receive you now as the Lord of my life, the ruler of my life. I turn my whole life over to you. You are my Lord. Father God, thank you that I am now born again. My sins are wiped away. I got a fresh start. Everything that's right about you is living in on the inside of me that you've made me right with you. Make clear my assignment in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you if you prayed that prayer. Hallelujah. Jesus.